Hello, and thank you for listening to Brewery Radio. I am Patrick Rue, and today we have two special, very special guests. Brooke uh, Williamson, a uh, famed chef, and uh, her uh, counterpart uh, and husband, uh, Nick. Nick, what's your... Roberts. Oh, shit. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to edit that just because I, I need to make sure people know how bad Thank I am Thank you for not calling him Nick Williams. Yeah, that was oh, man. <laughs> I knew you had different last names, but... Uh, well, good on you for that. Yeah, just yeah, knowing. I appreciate it. <laughs> That'll be my first question. Um, so you guys own a bunch of great restaurants. Hudson House and the triple uh playa provisions i don't know how to say your other business but the kiko kiko the kiko kiko yeah. okay which means a spot it means the spot in hawaiian mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. cool uh you were the winner on the most recent top chef uh, season 14 so yeah. congratulations thank you very much we wanted to work with you prior to that we didn't even know you're on onto that yeah <laughs> i had no idea or nobody had any idea and then you said yes, and then I think two weeks later that was announced, and I was like, oh, wow. You know what that means? It means that we're real friends. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I haven't asked for an autograph yet, but I want to. Awesome. I have a couple of friends who say, you know, you know we're real friends because I don't care about watching you on TV. <laughs> That's what that means. Yeah. So um, how'd you get into – what was your first beer? How did you get into beer? What was my first beer? Oh, that I could, that I can really remember, I guess or the first just in beer general. That, first beer you remember, like I mean, the first, wow, that was delicious. I should do more of that. Oh, okay, because the the very first beer I remember was taking a sip of my dad's beer when I was like seven, and I swore to him I would never drink beer. Yeah. Um, but the first beer that I remember enjoying uh, was. It was delirium. Called. It might might have been delirium. Delirium, delirium was a big one for you. Yeah, that, I went through a big delirium phase. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've always been a big fan of, of Belgian ales, and um, and that, it really started with the first beer that kind of piqued my interest. And that might have been delirium or something in the realm of delirium. And, and I remember I was I think I was twenty or twenty one maybe, and you know I had drank like crappy beer through college, but never really enjoyed it. Yeah. And and then I had a delirium, and I was like, what is this? This it's, it was a whole different planet of beer, and um, that's what really made me feel like I could enjoy beer. Yeah. Did the elephants on the label initially yeah, attract I mean, you to Yeah, I mean, that white bottle yeah, with that, the pink elephant awesome. didn't hurt. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I, I, I think I had it at uh, Bouchon in Santa Barbara. Nice. Yeah. Um, so have you tried it in the cans? Have you seen it in cans? I haven't yeah. seen it. They make cans now? Yeah. Okay. Is it better? Is it different? Uh, it has a little less carbonation. Okay. I think in that, you know, Belgian uh, kind of golden strong style, I like a little bit more carbonation. Mm-hmm. But I imagine, I mean, when you're in Belgium, you can buy uh, beer for the, uh, you know, for the train station or whatever, and you just drink it out of the can. Oh. So I think it's perfect for that. Okay. They even have Rodenbach in cans there, which is amazing. Wow. But, um, nice. but yeah, they sell the cans in the U.S., and um, it's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's Go like camping and bring your delirium. Totally. <laughs> we were like we were just in Tokyo and it was very cool that you could order sake out of a vending machine. We, so we drank a lot of sake. Yeah, we, <laughs> we were on the hunt. We were on, on, on the hunt for vending machines that served sake or beer, yeah. either one. What temperature did the sake come out of the You could choose machine? hot or cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. That's pretty awesome. You could also get clam soup out of the vending machine. Yeah. Hot. <laughs> yeah, I remember the clam soup in the anyway. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, so what was your first job? My first job? Yeah. Um, I was a, um, a, a paint server uh, at 
Color Me Mine, the paint-your-own pottery store. Oh, my daughter loves that place. <laughs> and we um, always have to bring home her stuff and, like, keep it forever. Like, forever, mm-hmm. yeah. Sweetheart, it's beautiful, you know? Like, uh-huh. can I put this into a cabinet that we don't ever look at? Nick mm-hmm. drinks out of a <laughs> Color Me Mine mug every single morning. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good dad. Yeah. Father's Day mug. <laughs> yeah. So that was my first actual job. I think I was 15. Um, but I started working in restaurants, I think, at the age of 16, Um, But I started in the front of the house. Yeah. Um, But I always knew I wanted to be cooking. That was just a way to get into the kitchen. Mm -hmm. What was the first uh, culinary, I don't know, recipe that you perfected or that you you kept going back to because you're like, I'm so damn good at making this? I mean, pancakes at the age of six. Yeah. That was was my first culinary success was a decent batch of pancakes. Um, do you do large pancakes or small pancakes? I did, thin, I thick? Don't, you know, I don't remember. I used to add fruit to them, whatever fruit. I, I had a sort of fruit garden in my backyard, and I used to go out and pick fruit and add fruit to my pancakes, and I thought I was, you know, reinventing the wheel. It was like, you know, a whole new thing Yeah. Um, that nobody had ever done. No, definitely not. <laughs> nobody adds fruit to pancakes. <laughs> well, as long as you did it without knowing it happened, then totally. you you invented it just yeah. like other people. You know, yeah, exactly. It happens. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so, ha- from your first job at six or your uh, first restaurant job at sixteen, what was the progression to becoming a uh, a chef? Um, my first real culinary job was at a hotel on. Uh, on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood called um, the Argyle Hotel, and there was a restaurant yeah. in it called Phoenix. And Ken Frank, who was a pretty well-known chef in Los Angeles, uh, was the chef there. And I basically went in and said, what can I do? I'll do anything. And he put me into pastry. I was a pastry assistant when I first started. Wow. It was not at all where I wanted to be. I wanted to be in savory, but I was just happy to be in a kitchen. And he moved me up into savory pretty quickly or not up but into yeah and um yeah then i moved on to michael's uh probably at the age of 19 or so in santa monica and i worked there for about a year and a half and became the sous chef there awesome yeah and then you wanted to become a uh, your own boss at some yeah, point. I, yeah, I became my own boss at the age of like 21, which was way wow. too soon to be my own boss. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out, I guess. What What was your first uh, the first time that you called the shots? First time that I truly called the shots on my own was a restaurant called Boxer on Beverly Boulevard, um, which the the same owner actually has. It's called oh, is Escuela still there? The which one? Taqueria Escuela. I'm not sure. On that one. Anyway, uh, we were there for a while. Um, or I was there, for, I don't know, uh, about I was... a year I was there. And um, and then moved on. Uh, this guy in Brentwood had a, was opening a restaurant and asked if I wanted to be his chef. And that was kind of the first place where I was in charge of more than, like, one person. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a full staff there, and I, I, was, I was one of them. hired this guy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he was my sous chef. That's, how, that's where we met. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, I told you I'm pretty bad at podcasting, so I, I don't even – I didn't even mention why – why you're here, why we're here. Uh, we made a beer together, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, 
So Girl Grey is the the beer that uh, Brooke has helped us develop, and uh, is, uh, we had a, a really great time uh, coming up with this with you. Uh, tried a lot of weird ingredients. And, yeah, we did. Yeah. That was a fun day. That was interesting. There were a lot of ingredients on the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we narrowed it down to like two, which is phenomenal. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. It makes for uh, makes it a little bit easier. So um, I guess what uh, when you're putting together a beer, how does that differ from a dish? Like what... Did you notice any um, flavors that maybe don't translate in beer, or how is the process different? Um, I mean, it is a completely different process, but I think the mentality behind it is very similar. Um, You know, I've been helping design our cocktails for our restaurants for many years, so I feel like it's very similar to that. And it's, it's all about flavors, whereas when you're creating a dish, it's about flavors and textures and, um, and a few other things. But this is very similar in the sense that it's about flavor and layers and what works and what needs to be pronounced and what needs to be slightly muted or what assists or what fights, you know, it's kind of the same theories, but in a, just a very different process. Um, and the process was something that I was completely unfamiliar with. So I was very honored and excited to get to do that. Awesome. So, um, Earl Grey tea. Earl Grey tea is um, some a flavor that I really fell in love with at the age of, I think, 23, um, layover in London from Italy and went and had, like, proper tea service and um, fell in love with the flavors of Earl Grey and lo- have loved it ever since. And um, over the years, I've weeded out a lot of dairy from my diet mm. and uh, drink a lot of almond milk and find that it that um, the flavor of almond really lends itself beautifully to the flavor of Earl Grey. Yeah. And so that felt like a really natural pairing to me. Awesome. Should we crack into some of this beer? We should. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been like craving it on a daily basis. That's really good. Sorry, podcast listeners. This is the uh, this is the pouring beer part. It's kind of like an intermission. <laughs> if you have to go to the bathroom, this is a good time to do it. Don't even have to press pause. What if I have to go to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> go for it. <laughs> okay. oh, thank you. We can always press pause here too. No, we're good. <laughs> have you had it out of the bottle? Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on it? Because you guys do a lot of crazy stuff here, so I think. Part of the challenge for me was coming up with something that you, one, hadn't done, two, would be excited about, and three, that, like, would really work. And right. um, that was that was the most difficult part to me. Yeah. I mean, I love the the Earl Grey. Uh, takes on a different element when it's mixed with our house yeast. The, the kind of pear-like esters brings in a fruity element that... Um, you know, you get the Earl Grey notes, but it um, it becomes something else, which is really interesting. Yeah, our um, our director of operations, Kate, she hates tea in general, mm-hmm. and so she wasn't trying it. And I begged her last night to try it, and she tried it, and she ended up loving it, which which was not shocking to me because it's not super Earl Grey forward, but it has mm-hmm. some really beautiful floral notes to it. Yeah. So I got a hint of uh, smoke, maybe from the drying of the black tea, just um, really interesting too. I like that, not overly. It's not just like faintly there in the finish, which is cool. And it's like sweet without being sweet. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, finish is totally dry, um, but the esters and I don't know. I guess maybe was it glycerol and alcohol kind of provides that um, perception of sweetness. Totally, what I was going to say. Yeah, the I, esters I, and the glycerin. No, definitely. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably bullshit, but <laughs> sounds good, right? <laughs> awesome. Um, so, did anything surprise you on brew day? Like things that normally you wouldn't. Uh, you wouldn't see in food um, shock you at all in the, about the brewing process? Um, I mean, just the technology behind what you guys have going on here is kind of above and beyond what I anticipated. Just, you know, that you can measure to, to, the, to the extent that you can measure stuff, you know, and you can look at it on a computer in front of you and see how much sugar is in something or see, you know, that yeah. was actually really fascinating to me. Awesome. Um, Lots of things were really fascinating. I was actually really fascinated by the fact that we threw in so much almond meal, and that stuff is not cheap. (laughs) (laughs) So just the attention to the quality of products, it would have been so much easier and cheaper to add almond flavor, Um, but that's not, you know, that's not what we were doing, and I was really impressed by that. Yeah, we always want to achieve flavors by using as much of the actual ingredient as possible. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes like we had this uh, marzipan pandemonium, a marzipan um, version of uh, well, like an imperial stout with a, kind of a marzipan flavor. And marzipan does not taste like almonds, really. Like, no, like yeah. marzipan tastes like almonds with marzipan extract added or uh-huh. this almond extract added, and it's flavor you can't really achieve otherwise. So that you know, in that kind of example, sure, we're going to use a little bit of this, but we also use almonds, so I gotta you know. Um, but yeah, uh, it was really interesting when when they started uh, transferring this beer out into the bright tank. The amount of tea that was like all over the floor. Really, it was like three inches deep in that uh, that cellar behind our tasting room. Um, it smelled awesome. Yeah, I was bringing uh, one of my dad's friends through, and he loves real great tea. He just picks up like a clump off the ground and like puts it in his mouth. I was mm. like, okay, wow. cool, right on. That's what you do on brewery tours, He's I guess. Packing it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of look like that a bit. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) I'm looking at a picture of it right now. That is insane how much tea was in there. I mean, to to get the the delicate balance of the flavor with that much tea, it's it's kind of ridiculous how you guys really know what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, we pretend. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you have to – I mean, the tea is going in cold. Yeah. so just a cold steep, and it doesn't. I mean, because there, there's zero tannin from it, which means right. that it was all just cold steeped, and yeah, yeah, that's that takes a lot more tea to cold steep than it does to hot steep, <laughs> right? And uh, I believe the tea didn't have any of the bergamot oil on it, so it's not super. I don't know. Part of uh, Earl Grey, I think, is kind of a signature is a very heavy um, kind of orange peel note. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a little bit of that here, but uh, it's not it's not an over it's it's not a big part of it as you know as you notice in a lot of Earl Grey teas. Yeah. So I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> just trying to like show that I know something about tea. Basically, it's yummy. yeah, <laughs> it's good. I enjoy it. Well, thank you for collaborating with us on that. Um, curious, has this is there any interest of opening up a brew pub or maybe a production brewery? I could. I mean, because I've helped 
make one beer. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. I mean, I after my first homebrew, I was like, you guys okay, hold I'm the bar kind of high. Now. Yeah, I'm going to open definitely. up a brewery. Yeah, I no. mean, we try to do, not do stuff that we don't feel like we could do really well yeah. and leave that to the people who do it really well. Um, this is definitely not something I feel like I could have done on my own. Um, I'm super excited that I got to participate, but this is definitely not something I could have done on my own. I was hoping you'd say, yeah, we're going to open something up. And well, I we're mean, we're happy to serve beer. <laughs> yeah. You guys are very entrepreneurial and uh, you got your hands full. We do do that. We we tend to like a concept and then say, you know what, let's do it. We do. I think but... this might not be one of them. <laughs> How do you manage everything? Like, you know, I, I run a... You know, one company. Uh, you guys have many. Uh, how does that work? I like to say we do a lot of things sort of well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have a really great staff, though. That's Yeah. Honestly. I mean, we, we really depend on so many people on a daily basis that, you know, we would never we would never be able to do this our, ourselves, obviously. I mean, we can't be five places at once. But, um, but just the amount of, you know, the, that we lay on to people who really know what they're doing is pretty yeah. astounding and we're fortunate enough that there's two of us where we can yeah. kind of split our time a little bit yeah True. we have a kid too so that that does take up some of our yes. attention yeah holds the kid he's gonna be 10 tomorrow oh wow yeah, yeah. nice 10 year old seven year old i would say play date but no uh, yeah, yeah. No, it'd be it actually it'd still be good just uh, a way of um be able to spend more time with you guys. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Right Perfect. On. Perfect. We can Let's all do it. we can show each other our ceramic things. Exactly. <laughs> Color me my mugs. Exactly. And drink beer out of them. Yeah, it'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you guys for joining us on Brewery Radio, and thank you very much for uh, collaborating with us. This is one of the most uh, unique beers that we've come out with. We haven't done a Belgian style triple in a while, um, which is a style that I love and uh, want to see more of so and you have a restaurant named the triple yeah so that's actually partially named because the address is 333 um but it's spelled like the style of beer with the p-e-l instead of Mm p-l-e so people always call it the tripel or the triple yeah there's there's a lot of different things um should do menudo on Sundays or something. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. The tripe in the name. Um, but we definitely always have a significant number of Belgian triples on draft or Belgian style triples, and um, the menu has a slight Belgian touch to it. So, very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Salute. Cheers. <laughs>